thrilled to share a few minutes with you. Just wish I could sit with Dwayne and all his friends over there. Just, you're doing great, man. <laughs> Love it. I wish we could fill the house up, but of course right now it's not the advisable thing for us to do. And we recognize where we are and what's going on. Let me say just a word up front. I did offer a few thoughts in one of the recordings this week about being careful. Uh, not pointed at you or anybody in particular here by any means, but in times where nations and world is in trial, we generally offer a greater level of kindness. But in an age where social media, and I am just a giant in social media, <laughs> I barely know how to put anything on Facebook, and I don't do it except for these devotionals that we've been doing. People find an opportunity to hide behind a certain level of anonymity to say whatever they want to say. Uh, I wouldn't, in my thinking, that's just my thinking, so you can take this for what it is. I just encourage, be kind in what you have to say. My mother, like a lot of mothers, told me, if you don't have something nice to say about a person, don't say anything at all. So I didn't talk to my sisters for 20 years. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I would just encourage you, and whatever you say, be cautious. We have, we have a life to represent. We are to be followers of Christ and the things that we have to say. And I know sometimes things are said in fun that are taken inappropriately or whatever, and, and we can't help some things. But I would encourage you to just... Guard what you have to say with caution. Make sure you believe it represents the best of Christian life. And, and that's all we can do in that regard. And I think you generally do, but let's just make sure in that regard. And that's what I was trying to get across earlier in the week. Let's talk about some things. Every now and then I think it's important we, we remind ourselves that there are some fundamental things in life. Some very basic things. And I want to offer to you a couple of lessons in regard to that basic idea, now today I'm not going to spend time with, somebody's going to say, well, what are those basics? And we'll get to that to a degree. And you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks, actually three weeks, to get to the other lesson. But nonetheless, I want us to get some thoughts in our mind. With that in mind, I talk about keeping the basics, number one. This is number one of two. So when we get two done, you know we're done. Say so we can move on to something else and go in a different direction. But I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5. It should be on the screen as well. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. And then later we'll look into the sixth chapter briefly. But look at what the writer there has to say about this idea. He says, for by the time, this time, for by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I think we need to look at that passage. We need to see what the writer is trying to say. Yes, he's trying to say there is a time you've got to move forward. You've got to move forward. We don't have a choice in that matter. But he's also emphasizing there are some very fundamental things that are not to be lost in our lives. And we'll come back to that later on. 
Because I want you to know, in my understanding of scriptures, we can never lose sight of the value of the basics, but not only in scriptures, in life in general. We should never lose sight of the value of the basic things, even as we advance in our knowledge, even as we advance in our abilities, we still need to cling to those things and understand those things that are basics. For without the basics, we have nothing in our lives on which to build. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, I was listening to an interview, just happened upon an interview with Larry Gatlin of the Gatlin Brothers. All the gold in California. I'll start singing it for you if you want me to. No, let's not go that direction. I listened to that interview with him a while back. I didn't know it. But a few years ago, he began to have trouble with his voice. It advanced and it, began to the, it got to the point that he was not able to sing he worried about it, stopped performing, was thinking, what in the world I'm going to do? He went to a few doctors, finally got to a doctor who said, if you don't do something about this, you will totally lose your voice. Through that doctor and certain things, he was put in touch with a voice coach who understood the mechanism well, took him back and said, we need to go back and you need to learn how to sing all over again. For years, he had used his voice as he wanted to. He'd used it in a variety of ways. He had he'd abused it, as many do over time. And the damage compiled and was destroying the very thing from which he was making a living. He couldn't stand that. To him, that was a big part of his identity. And so this voice coach took him back to the very basic functions of using his voice, taught him to sing all over again, and even at a little bit later point in his life, as we would think about his professional career, for he'd been singing for decades, he was again, after years of singing, was again learning to sing. Why? Because he had forgotten the very basic things and once he got that, he was able to restore his voice and return to his career. I tell you that because the basics aren't to be lost. Some think, and we read into the next chapter, leaving behind those first principles, say, okay, we already got those, we're going to leave them behind. That's not what the writer is getting at. We need to know, and we, I think we're convinced, and we should know, that everything begins with the basics. Notice the beginning words of Genesis. We've read them how many times? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the very beginning of God's record to us of creation, of life, and all that we know. It is a point of reference from which everything else grows, but it doesn't go away. The following verses are a progression from that point, but he doesn't lose that point, from that point, and the continued development. Even the multiplication of life, of humanity, and, and everything else rises from and draws upon that beginning. For without that beginning and without those basics, life as we know it does not even begin, does not exist. You have to have the basics. They have to remain in place. They have to be what they are. For the same fundamentals that, we, that were invested in the creation are the things that keep us alive and functioning today. 
And while we may be joined to a world, the world in a much later stage here in the 21st century compared to the 1st century and many things that went on, we may be in the later stages of development and knowledge in that regard. We are still joined to those same principles. We are still joined by God to that very beginning. And whether we are talking about the physical world, whether we're talking about uh, our lives, whether we're talking about our education, our learning, or we are talking about spiritual things, and that is the heart of the matter for us this morning, we cannot lose sight of those fundamental basic concepts. Yes, we need to teach and train and go far above and beyond from them as we grow, but those things cannot be lost. It's not as if we outgrow fundamental values and principles. So what are spiritual basics that we're talking about is kind of the question that might come to mind. Basically, basically, there, see, I got caught up in my own. Basically, those basics. Woo, that's cute, wasn't it? What we're talking about are things that are taught to us directly. You see, some things are natural and naturally absorbed. You pick them up, you go along, they're just a, kind of a part of life. The psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God, firmament shows his handiwork. There are things that are just a part of what we are, and, and they're there. We don't necessarily spend time thinking about them all the time, but we recognize that these are lessons from God every day, every day, and everything. It's kind of like we don't teach babies to cry, but we teach them to talk. And then wish we hadn't. But we don't teach them to cry. Quite often they come out of their mothers and the first sounds are crying. Well, you hope they are. That baby bawls a little bit. It's kind of what you want to happen. We don't teach babies to cry, but we teach them to do other things. We teach them to talk. We teach them to be more forward. When we're talking about the lessons of God and as is referred to in the scriptures as the oracles of God, the instructions of God, the lessons that are there, they are revealed through instruction methods and so forth, directly or through others. Remember what the writer of this book, Hebrews, writes in the very beginning of it. He said, in early days, in times past, God spoke through the prophets. He, he gave prophets, endowed them with the ability to instruct and teach people in various ways. And he says, and as in these last days, you know, we go on to be taught through his son and those lessons. We're talking about direct things. The writer, uh, or I'm sorry, the, in the book of Acts, um, uh, Stephen, talking to his audience, tells them there, I had to think just a minute, I got lost in myself for just a moment. But Stephen starts talking to them and talks about Moses and he says in God revealing to him and his instruction to the people the oracles of God. That's about verse 38 of Matthew, uh, Acts chapter 7. And as Peter reminds us, chapter 4, 1 Peter 4, 11, if anyone speaks, if we're going to instruct, instruct as the oracles, the instructions, the word, the teaching of God is what he's talking about. You see, in the same way that we see that our children are taught things that are important and necessary for life, we teach them to talk, we teach them to, to conduct themselves, including language, we teach them reading and math and all the things that are necessary for life, whether we do it formally or whether we do it individually, however we do it, we want our children taught and we, we bring them from that babyhood up to adulthood and we try to give them the things that they're going to need in life, but we don't forget that very basic beginning. I don't know how it was in your house growing up, 
But I never got to call my father the old man, at least where my mother could hear it. No, I didn't. We were taught, weren't you? We were taught. You show that respect, the respect that comes from the very beginning, and you use those things. And, and to the day he died, I would still have that same respect, wouldn't you? That's the way, the way we are supposed to be, and we teach that to our children going along. And there are some things that the writer here mentions, as I said, in the next section. He talks about baptism. He talks about spiritual gifts. He talks about repentance. He talks about eternal judgment, and those we'll come to in the later lesson to try to identify better, but you look at those in the very beginning of the sixth chapter. But he is not undermining, as the writer puts it here for us, he is not undermining the importance of those basic and fundamental things, for the basics are the fundamental blocks. They are the fundamental blocks of all that we learn, spiritually speaking. Without them, we don't grow spiritually. Without them, we don't become what we need to be spiritually. We can be elevated in our own minds thinking and be nowhere whatsoever. I kept thinking about a local preacher who was on the radio quite often and one day happened to hear his noontime thing and I started listening to him and he started talking about the God of the air and this and when he got through with his five-minute thing, I thought, what did he say? What did he say? It was very well stated, but what did he say? Peter says, speak as the oracles of God. Basics are the things we can know and taught in the very beginning, those fundamental blocks. And they are very personal because they are learned things that we learn ourselves and we use them. They, when, we, when we draw upon those fundamentals, they are new. We're not building on something else. They are, they are new. They're surprising. And we want to share them. Remember when your child or as a child, you would run home from school and you'd want to tell your mother, your dad, or, 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 or a sibling, you want to tell them, here's what I learned today. And you'd show them the things that you'd learned. And you, you bring those papers home. And I can remember the children coming home and they would show us the things that they learned and tell what was going on. And then they got to be teenagers and we didn't have a clue what was going on. But the... They want to share those new things that they were learning. And I think, I think spiritually speaking, we're that way too. We want to share what we have in the beginning, the excitement that's there. Little children want to share, and the new convert wants to tell what he or she has come to know. Think about it. There are things that you know that are fundamental in your life, and nothing is going to shake them. They are there. You've learned them, and you hold on to those things, and they, they, are, they are a part of you, and there's no question about their validity. So what I'm saying is basics. So basics. Basics are those things that anyone can be taught with little or no pre-knowledge. I don't know whether that's even a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Little or no pre-knowledge. You don't have to know something. That's where you come from. That's what you get in the very beginning of things. And what they do also is those basics get you ready. They get you ready to know more, to be able to use more, to challenge you to know more, and to be able to use more. At the same time, this passage, at the same time, this passage is telling us don't be a baby all your life. Don't be a baby. Some of you have had new babies come into your household, have been around them enough, and, uh, and on usually it doesn't take very long to get tired of a baby. Oh, that was an, did I say that out loud? Fathers aren't supposed to say those kind of things, are they? But the reality is, as soon as the excitement of adding a baby to your family and bringing that baby home, it wears thin pretty quick. 
when those, those middle-of-the-night feedings are there and those cryings and those changing of diapers all day long and all the things that go into babies and those times when they're crying and you don't have a clue why they're crying. They're not hungry. They don't need changing. They're just crying and the colic fits. And Oh, man, why in the world we have them? I don't know. But in all seriousness, it doesn't take long. And I'm being kind of facetious. You understand that. You know. But it doesn't take long to realize not everything's just exciting and you don't get to stay where you are because there is an advancement that goes along and maybe there comes that point, that point along and while we know growth, whether we're talking about physical growth or spiritual growth takes time, it's expected and it's even demanded and those children, those babies grow past that, and we expect that, and we look forward to that. Somebody comes in and says, and she rolled over for the first time today, and that's really exciting for that mother or that dad, but other people are going, oh, my dog can roll over. But it's exciting because we're seeing growth, and we're seeing development, and it comes from that very basic beginning of life when they couldn't do anything but lay in a, a, a bassinet or in your arms and, and cry every now and then and eat and then mess their diapers. But we expect growth. We want to grow. And we should be expecting of ourselves and others as Christians to grow. And that's what they're saying. We don't lose the fundamentals, but we want to grow. Now, we don't want to be Jethro Bodine. What did he say? It took him 12 years to get through the sixth grade. I don't mean that he was 12 years old. It took 12 years to go through six grades. Oh, some of you did the same thing, gotcha. Sorry, I didn't mean to be offensive. But the reality is we expect to grow. And we expect a progression of growth. And we expect to see that progression of growth. And we have to understand as much as we value and as much as we love those things that are fundamental and basic, there is a difference between knowing and keeping those basics and being stuck in those basics. Nobody wants to be in the first grade for the rest of their lives. I don't know, if they serve milk and let you take a nap, I'd be, I'll go back to that. But the very mention in this passage, for the time, he says, the very mention of time and progress in this very text tells us that there is more to know, there's more to apply, and more to live. That's where we're going. There is a challenge here. And while we're not beginning in the context, at the beginning of the context, it comes to this point, it said, there's a time you need to be moving forward, people. You need to be knowing more. You need to be using this better. You know, when we set the table at home, if the grandchildren, the littlest grandchildren are in the house, don't tell them this, we don't give them the sharp knives. We don't give them, in fact, Paula still doesn't give me the sharp knives. We don't give them the sharp knives. We might put a spoon and a fork by their, their plate and quite often probably not even necessary because fingers work just fine most of the time. But there comes a point you expect them to be able to use the sharp knives, to be able to use the fork and so forth and not get food all o over the floor, you know. And then they get old and we start expecting it again. But that's, you, you understand what I'm saying. Progress and time development. We should be knowing more. We should be learning more. We should be growing more. That's why when, when it's allowable, we have Bible classes down here on a regular basis because we want people to know more. We want them to learn more. 
Yeah, we can do it at home. We can learn at home. But this is an opportunity to grow and develop and learn. We have activities that we put together to bring us together to use our fellowship and to grow with one another, don't we? That's what it's about. We intend to grow that we be a knowledgeable people and learning to apply spiritually in our lives. So what does it really mean for you or me? What does it mean for me? It means there is a real difference between milk and solid food. I still like milk. I had some milk this morning. But there's a real difference between what he's talking about here, milk of the word and meat or solid food of the word. There are times when we're not ready for something. There are times when we're not ready to understand or develop or, or, or get to that point of development in our lives. Jesus noted that even his closest disciples, as much time as they had spent with him and, and as close as they had been with him, Jesus noted there near the end of his ministry, just shortly before he's to die, he noted that his closest disciples were not ready for everything that he could give them. He said, I have much more to give you, but you are not ready. John 16 and verse 12. Yes, we can't handle overload readily. There are things and concepts that we may not be able to grasp today that we can later because we learn. Paul and I were talking about just the other day, I, th I think it was Paul and I, were, I think it was you and I talking about that school is a place we learn how to learn. No, that was my sister. I'm sorry. That was my sister. But same thing we've talked about. School and education is where we learn how to learn. You know, maybe, I don't think I'm that unusual. Yeah, maybe I am unusual, but... You know, after all the going through school, making my way through, getting those, the diploma, going through college, getting the diploma, getting out, I found out I didn't know anything. Like 45 years later, I still don't know anything, but I found out that the things that they gave me then are things that I can use to learn today. And I think anybody in any career, in any process, could say the same thing. I think we do. I think we do that way, and that's exactly what it is. There are times that we're not ready, but later we can. Think about the development of the church. The first years of the church might be considered those formative ones, those years that we read about in the New Testament, those years they were developing and they were learning and they were becoming the people they needed to be. And we consider the upward challenges that were being faced there of dealing with racial issues and problems and organization and all the things that maybe we still deal with on some level today. And I think that's why the writer is saying we need to get beyond some of the things that we're still hanging on to after 2,000 years we get, need to get past them you think about the growth and the persecution the benevolence the the nationality and the race involved in that the geographic distance and the leadership problems they were having I wonder sometimes if we've really gotten very far from those we need to move forward and sometimes it means taking the medicine that we don't want to take. Sometimes it means having to do the things that we prefer not to do. We'd rather, if we have a choice, I don't want to have to do those things. I was thinking about Mary Poppins uh, this week, and you think about children's medicines are often flavored with those candy flavors, you know, cherry and grape, and so when you go in and say, here's some cough medicine in it, cherry and grape. I think cough medicine ought to taste bad. <laughs> then you'd quit coughing, I think, if you, yeah. Just quit coughing if you had to take bad tasting medicine. I remember my mother would never buy those children, you know, those little pink children, Bayer children's aspirins. Tasted good. She wouldn't buy those. 
She said, no, you need to take the, the plain ones. And she'd break one or two and give you one. Those things taste terrible. But she'd give it to us anyway. So you need to take your medicine. I'm exaggerating. I hope you understand. But often as children, we think, well, they, they need this to help them and we'll give them the better tasting medicine and so forth. But there comes that point when you take your medicine simply because that's what you need. And that's what the writer is saying. You need to do what you need to do. You need to do the right thing. You need to advance because that's what is needed for your life, for the life of the church, and for others. And it comes down to this, and this is the main point that we, we bring in today. It comes down to what Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, in verse 15, about being prepared to be the man you need to be for yourself and for the church. And he said, in rightly dividing the word of truth. That's a great phrase, isn't it? Don't you love that? Rightly dividing the word of truth. You remember the first time you had to take a sentence and break it down and put it on one of those deals and, you know, and this is it, you know, and, and subject and predicate and all that. You remember when you had to do that and your teacher say, no, that's not right. You didn't do that right, you know, and that's an adverbial phrase. That's an adjective phrase, blah, 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 blah. And you, I didn't like English teachers <laughs> making us do that kind of thing. But we needed to learn, didn't we? We needed to learn. And it was there and it was available. And what the writer is telling us and what Paul is telling Timothy is that it's not some secret, secret code. There's not some coded secret here that we've got to go through and some, suddenly it's going to break through. That makes a good movie, but that's not reality. It's not some secret code. It is simply learning and applying with good process, good logic that we have available to us. And, and what has been learned is used every step of the way. That's what the writer is saying. Use what you've learned to be who you can be. It is about knowing the basics, but it is also knowing how they work as we advance throughout our lives and every step we take. That's where we go. It is keeping the basics and using them for what they are intended to be. It's not a list that you can put in your pocket and say, hey, I got the basics, I know them. He's going to mention in chapter 6 baptisms and, and there may be some other thoughts within that and what he talks about and we'll come to that in the later lesson. We can say, yes, baptism is for remission of sins. Good, got it. It's taught in scripture. Is that all there is to it? No! If you've been a Christian for very long, you probably have realized that baptism has much more value and many more applications to your life than what you considered when you first heard the gospel and were baptized into Christ. We'll talk about some of that down the way. But that's just one little example. We can grow. Why we are what we are, why we do what we do, comes down to we start at the beginning and we move from there. Friends, we sometimes sing that old song. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold their wings of strife. Well, I got to tell you, I believe the answer is if you got the basics in place, the answer is an absolute yes. Because when you got the basics there, you got something to hold on to. And then when the storms come, said, I am anchored fast, built on the rock, satisfied in him, whatever. 
We're going to talk some more about it, but this is where we begin. Keep the basics, understand them, know how to use them, and grow with them. This morning we'll sing this song that we have as one of encouragement and invitation. Let it be a song of reminder to us as well. I'm glad that you are here today. Glad we've got people watching where they can. We look forward to the time we can all be together, but let this song be one of invitation. If there's someone who needs to respond this very morning, we want you to do so. Don't feel hindered. Don't wait for another time. Let this be your opportunity. And if you need to come, come while we stand together and sing this. I hope it's built on. 